Hi, and welcome to episode 277 of No Crying Baseball, the overdriven and underbeard episode. <laughs> my name's Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. How did you, you plan that ahead of time and then it just came up casually in conversation right before we started I recording? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> so I've been in a freaking car all day long. We had, a, I was um, in upstate New York. I was celebrating my mother-in-law's 80th birthday. Happy birthday, Emily. We yeah. had a really fun time. My kid's birthday, Junior Potty Mouth's birthday is tomorrow. So um, we celebrated his birthday today before I got in a car to drive for six hours. And when I say that Junior Potty Mouth's birthday is tomorrow, I also have to say that he shares a birthday with Adley Rutschman, who you may hear hear about more <laughs> later today so it is in fact also a birthday extravaganza episode oh wow yeah so much celebrating to be done yeah, yeah we did not celebrate with adley sadly uh-huh. <laughs> i'm really i don't know if i'm happy or sad about that i would have loved for you to do that but i'm so jealous about what went on there but we'll talk about that when we talk about adley yeah i <laughs> was i i was wanting to go to that but there were two things uh this weekend that that prevented me from going to any of the drinking with the orioles things plus you weren't here and it wouldn't be i was having a little bit of a why would i want to do that without patty why would i want it but you know, there was definitely something that sounded fun about it, the drinking and the baseball stuff. It, it um, seems to ring a bell as something we've enjoyed yeah. together in the past. Yeah, and the, and the photos are like, yeah. oh, how did I miss yeah. this? But yesterday, Mr. Potty Mouth had a thing, and I didn't want to slip to Baltimore by myself. And then today, we were supposed to have another thing, and then that thing didn't happen. So anyway. So this is your thing for the weekend? This is, this is the thing. Actually, though, uh, we did a last-minute night out on Friday night. We went to see Sarah Silverman at the Kennedy Center. And That's a whole thing. That's was, a big thing. It was a cool thing. It was one of those cosmic things. Somebody was just posted it on neighborhood listserv, getting rid of two tickets. And we looked on StubHub, and there were like barely any left, and they were like twice as much. And I thought, oh, kind neighborhood person, this is really nice. We'll just grab these tickets and and go. And I, I she's just someone that I totally adore. It's sort of like she's a she's a fifty something Jewish vegetarian from New England who swears a lot. I don't know if that like uh, reminds you of anybody else you know, but some of my favorite. Well, one of my favorite people fits that yeah. category absolutely. So she's like my spirit animal. I just had to go, so that was fun. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. So um, we were celebrating the um, 80th birthday party at a brewery um, in such in, a good thing. Yeah, to do. in Altamont or Gilderland Center outside of Albany, and um, we I've brought stuff back from them before, and I brought today. We're drinking the Superstar IPA, mainly because I'm judging a book up here by its cover, because <laughs> on the label is a rooster in a necktie, and we're coming to you from tiny, tiny Tacoma Park, Maryland, where the um, the mascot of the city is, in fact, a rooster, so I can't really walk by a beer with a rooster on it and not <laughs> bring it home to the potty mouth house. I am so glad it's that you tasty. got it. Yeah, it's very tasty. And also, it's almost gone. But. So we were there for brunch, and um, they also, for their on their brunch menu, they had donut mm. sliders, which is a... so. So this place was was an, originally an orchard. So they were known for their cider and their apple cider donuts. Okay. So then they started the brewery, started other things. So now what they do is they take their apple cider donuts, slice them in half, and slam an entire breakfast sandwich in the middle of it and call it a donut slider. And it was freaking delicious. Really? I'm so skeptical. Well, I mean, I, the thing about the, the, the apple cider donuts is they have like cinnamon sugar on them, so they got uh-huh. all over your fingers. But So it was a little messy. But the taste sensation yeah. of the... Um, of the fried and the sweet and the salt and the cholesterol. I mean, a lot of these things really work together to make it a happy breakfast and for me. A beer chaser, right? Actually, I had a, um, I had a, uh, what did I have? Um, what was it called? I, the sidecar. I had a, I had a Jack oh. sidecar, which is one of their, their, their local distillery was involved, and so, yeah. Now that is a way to start the day. It was pretty okay. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. 
On today's show, we've got Boyfriend News featuring philanthropy, love, and money. We've got boyfriends from the Orioles and the Brewers. Our police blotter, again, with an ex-boyfriend now. He wasn't an ex-boyfriend until yesterday. We've got a new business beat with stadium news and also advertising on jerseys and Serie de Caribe. I never say that right. The Caribbean series. Woo. Cheers. I think you did that well. Thank you. Serie del Caribe. We'll get there. But right now, actually, I didn't know whether to put this in the international area, but I already you know, talk too much when we get to our international segment. So I'm putting it here because there's a bunch of boyfriends involved. So our baseball boyfriends, the guys that we're going to pick this weekend, every week until the season starts, the ones that are super cool off the field and we're doing one guy per team, that will be coming up momentarily. But we check up on the guys that we have picked out in uh, past years. And Jose Berrios uh, is not a baseball boyfriend, but a very nice guy, apparently. He's a pitcher, and we we get confused with pitchers. We get flocks of pitchers, not individual ones, because we just don't have time. So he's a great pitcher, would be a baseball boyfriend if he could, but he is has a foundation that's been around since 2013, and uh, he's Puerto Rican, and so his foundation has helped in the many national emergencies that they've had since then. And actually in 19, I think we talked about this actually, when he donated 50 bucks for every strikeout that he got to benefit a hospital for kids with cancer in Puerto Rico. That was uh, 202 strikeouts. So I don't know, you can do the math. It sounds like a pretty good donation. (laughs) Right now though, his foundation is um, made a deal with MLB and they're gonna be working to fix up baseball parks in Puerto Rico. And here's where the other boyfriends come in. So this is such a great idea that Edwin Diaz, who another pitcher, but I'm gonna count him because I picked the whole flock of Mets pitchers in 2020 and he was the the main reason why. But also your guys, two of your picks from 2018, two sexy shortstops, Francisco Lindor and Javier Baez are all in on this. And together they're gonna be remodeling eight to 10 parks. Um, starting this uh, this coming up year, 2023. That's this year. That is, yes. we're in 2023. We are, yes, we are. I, I just had a little bit of a little weird uh, timey-wimey thing, but here we yes. are already in 2023. Mm-hmm. It's going to take about a year. But when they're done with this in the 24-25 season, um, they're going to not only have spiffy new parks, but they're going to be running programs that are certified and supervised by Major League Baseball. So wow. a good way for training kids from Puerto Rico coming into MLB. So yay for those guys for doing good things. We love it when our boyfriends do nice things for the community. We sure do. We sure do. Um, quick uh, money things about a couple of boyfriends. Uh, Max Fried from my um, my pitcher flock from, from the Atlanta <laughs> team lost in arbitration. His oh. piece of paper said 15 mil and the, the team said 13.5 and the um, the the panel decided 13.5 is just fine, but that still leaves him tied with Garrett Cole for the highest amount ever awarded by an arbitration panel. Even so, though he lost it. Even though he lost it because that's, that's what the team had offered. So, you know, it's probably fine. And then hmm. Yandy Diaz, who was my, my race boyfriend in 2019, did the thing we talked about last week. They settled. He signed a three-year, $24 million deal avoiding arbitration, even though it's way past the deadline where you're supposed to finish the deal, so I don't know how that's happening. Mm-hmm. But um, the romantic part of the day is um, Cole Tucker, Potty Mouth's former Pirates boyfriend, who's now with the Rockies, is officially engaged to Vanessa Hudgens. They've been together since 2020. Have you yet seen a Vanessa Hudgens movie? Okay, so so this is what, what happens when I get just that little bit of extra time before we start recording. And I was like looking at my notes. Um, I actually have, but probably not one that you would think of. Uh, I, I looked up an article about this engagement just to like see, yeah. see what had happened. 
And she was in Tick, Tick, Boom, which I have seen ah. because that's the, the, you know, Jonathan Larson biopic-ish. It's, well, it's his, his last work before Rent, um, but also very much of his, his life and a very, very cool, cool film, film. And I love Rent, like love, love Rent. So I didn't realize that was her at all. So I just learned that. I also learned, I don't think, I remember talking about this, you know, when, when I chose uh, Cole Tucker and, and the humor around me have, never having seen or know anything about High School Musical, right? Because As like, a mother of a child who was absolutely yeah. <laughs> in the middle of the, the perfect right. time to be watching that stuff. I do. I remember the kid talking. About, I just, I didn't join the kid for watching it. I, d- I don't remember saying that about the, the age difference that they have. Maybe I did mention it. He's 26 and she's 34. I didn't I also didn't know how they first met. They met on a Zoom meditation group in 2021. I would think they that meant they were distracted and not really in in their like zen moment. Yeah, I guess she's the one who uh went after him. That she said uh she got on the Zoom and checked him out and was like, "Who's that?" and uh took the initiative. What was that his cue hard because I, I his recent so. pictures his hair is spectacular. Yeah. I mean it was like pretty good for a while but the photos that I just saw man he's yeah. been putting some work into that. Yeah, the the Instagram engagement picture that she posted is actually very funny. You can't see his face at all. It's all hair. It's like from the back of him. And you know and when the hair's that beautiful. good? Okay. Yeah, sure. It works. It totally yep. works. Yep. Hey, boyfriends. All right. So we're going to go into our present day boyfriends. These are the guys we're picking this year. They're going to be on our fantasy teams. If you want to play fantasy baseball with us, uh, listen up at the end of the show where we tell you when we tell you how to get in touch with us because then Patty will take all you folks and put us in a league. It's going to be great fun. We'll tell you all our stupid, stupid rules. It's awesome. It's so cool. And, and here is me. Fucking up already you before, sure are. before the season. I even cannot starts. believe so, this. So I think you know, Patty's been drop, dropping some hints that it, the smart thing for me to do at this moment as we're picking the Orioles would be to pick Gunnar Henderson, the number one prospect. And I already have this number year, two. This year's Rookie of the Year. Yeah. Knock on all the things. Right with great Hugh Qhar, mm-hmm. and um, and. Then I do remember a few weeks ago when I said I was thinking about picking him, and you said, "Well, you haven't thought about Jorge Mateo or Luis or Ramon Urias." Um, and I thought, you know, maybe I should think about them. And I remember Jorge Mateo especially being a lot of fun last year yep. and having great QHAR. But just looking at the projected, who's going to be playing more? especially with Gunnar Henderson probably mm-hmm. doing a lot more shortstop, it seems like Jorge was more likely to be on the bench or playing less than, than Ramon Urias, who seems to be maybe the guy who's going to be on third base. So that's who I'm going with. Also, because I was trying to be lazy for today, but I ended up doing a little bit more work than, than I had intended. I just kind of thought, like, I knew who you were coming in with for the Orioles and we didn't have a lot of time tonight, even though we're going to end up talking forever. And I thought, I'm going to do an easy shortcut because I picked his brother uh, ah. a couple years ago. Yeah, I picked Luis on the Brewers a couple years ago. And at that moment, I was also like, fuck, this would have been, I, I wish I hadn't picked him because I could have picked the brothers on the same day because we're doing Brewers. So oh, we're doing no. the Brewers and the Orioles no. and the Urias brothers are on both teams, but I can't pick them. But if you go back to episode 171, you'll find out all about Luis. And also everything I'm going to say now pretty much comes from there. They're from Sonora, Mexico. 
they have the same birthday, Ramon and Luis. And that's because uh, Luis was due about around Ramon's birthday. And I did, I did say this back in 171. I'm sure you guys all, all remember this. Um, and so they decided they were going to have a C-section anyway. So they figured they might as well match up the birthdays. So that's why they have the same birthday. Kind of planned. Kind of, you know, it wasn't totally out of the range. But I believe that I read this article written by their father way back when. And it's just very tender about what it was like having two little baseball players growing up. And he wasn't a baseball player. I believe he and his wife were both educators. Um, but he remembers little Ramon dressing up as a baseball player for the November 20th parade, which I found out is Mexican Independence Day. But he also said that, especially because the parents are teachers, that the first thing was studies. Like they were both always encouraged to do well in school. They took school seriously. And then Baseball was after school, even though they both became really good really fast and were on Mexican national teams as kids. They both signed with the Diablos Rojos organization. So that's the Liga Mexicana de Baseball, the, the same league that goes on with M when MLB is. But it was when they were younger and it was more for their training, for their academies. He was signed by the Rangers in 2010, spent some time in the Dominican Summer League. And then this is the part that I couldn't figure out how this works. He was loaned back, and that was the word that I saw, loaned back to the Mexican League from 2013 to 17. That's and a he, long loan. It is. It seems bizarre. And, and it, they play at the same time as MLB. So he just huh. went over to the Mexican League, played there for those years with the Diablos Rojos, really did well, all-star in 17. And uh, actually, while he was playing so well in 17, which was his breakout year before being, being brought back into the minors in 18, he and his brother, who at that point, younger brother, was in the AA Padres San Antonio Missions, they both got a Grand Slam on the same date. That's cool. So he was in the Mexican League, Luis was in the Missions, and both of them were also in the seventh inning. Um, in the winters, he played in the Liga Mexicana de Pacifico with two different teams, the Aguilas de Mexicali and the Cañeros de los Mochis. And in 2018, the Cardinals picked him up. And at that point, he and his brother were both in the minor league at the same time. And so they faced each other for the first time on Father's Day. And yeah. of course, the parents were there to watch it. It was in Texas for the weekend. Each kid won one game that the parents saw. Uh, Ramon's team won on Father's Day, but they each got a win, and actually it was a four-game series, and it split. So nice. Nice for brothers seeing, uh, seeing each other for the first time on the other side of the field. Younger brother Luis debuted first in 2018, but go back to that other episode for more details on that. Ramon, in 2020 was DFA'd from the minors, so he hadn't de debuted yet, DFA'd out of the Cardinals organization, picked up off waivers by the O's, and debuted that August. And here we have a shit ton of Red Sox coincidental things. So this was like my, even though I was very skeptical about what I should be doing with my pick today, like when something cosmic comes up like this, I figure, ah, it was just meant to be, right? So all of these against Red Sox things for him. So he debuted against the Red Sox as a pinch hitter. Ninth inning struck out. Two, two days later, first at bat, first pitch, he got his first hit off Martin Perez, also when he, Red Sox. His first career start on second base against the Red Sox. His first career start at shortstop a month later against the Red Sox. His first three-hit game, three game, a couple days later 
against the Red Sox. You know what my takeaway is here? <laughs> there, there are way too many interleague games. I'm glad they changed that this year. Way too many. In- oh, yeah. Yeah. But definitely. Then in 2022, against the Red Sox, he got his first triple. And so this is the end of last season, September 22. First triple on the Red Sox. He had a three for three night so far, and he blew out his knee. And that was the end of his season. So I'm a little nervous about this upcoming year and how he's going to be doing, especially right now. There was talk that both brothers wanted to play together, especially for the oh. World Baseball Classic for Mexico. Sure. And now that's very mm. much in doubt for Ramon because he's really going to make sure that his knee is 100%. Um, Luis, neither one of them have announced for sure yet. So I'm hoping that they could make it. It would be super sweet. Um, as far as like my intelligence in this pick and his batting, it's been slipping. He had a great, well, he had a 10 game breakout year in 2020. So not a lot, not a big sample size, but 360. Then he played 85 games in 21, slipped down a little bit to 279. And last year with a pretty much full season, 118 games. So not quite some, some injury time there was down to 245 average with 719 OPS, but he did nab a gold glove and defense is sexy and we get points for defense too right we get points for defense yay. too so yay i'm i'm hoping that i'll be getting some Luis Ruiz uh, ramon shit i'm gonna get both actually no i can't have Luis. Can't have Luis I, yeah i'm gonna have some ramon urias uh defense points i hope he was only the third orioles thir- third baseman to get a gold glove after Manny machado which i would have guessed and brooks robinson although wow. machado was mostly shortstop when he was at the o's Hmm. So here, short and third get switched around a lot. So Gunner yeah. may end up being at third. That's so, true. That could be swapped. Um, I'm just saying you're, so, you're, yeah. I'm hoping because I actually need a shortstop. So that was the other stupid thing about my switch is I really need a shortstop. So what I did was I went into the future mm-hmm. in the timey-wimey way and I looked at our remaining teams and I honestly went through all of them to see if I could find another shortstop anywhere. Because I only have one right now. I have C.J. Abrams. So mm-hmm. I need a backup shortstop. There is one team that works out. I put him on our spreadsheet. So Did you claim somebody already? So I claimed him on our spreadsheet. Because I need another shortstop because I'm fucking this up now. Unless Urias plays short, in which case I am golden. But- right. But the important thing is you're, you're just leaning into like the whole birthday Right. Celebration too. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to take this from your kid I, the day before his birthday. I was feeling bad. I was feeling super bad. That that would just have been mean. Yeah. So happy birthday, Junior Potty Mouth. <laughs> you can have Gunner. And, and so that's where, you know, full circle back to the stupidity of it. This means that the kids team is going to be better better than your than, team potentially uh, than all of our teams potentially I, yeah. at least at we'll one position hey so i'm keeping a guy we had to keep one guy from the previous year to the next year um and surprising no one at all <laughs> i'm keeping adley rutchman catcher for the orioles as my once and forever boyfriend i actually have a theme for my guys this week the richard w dick case award which is the usa baseball player of the year award oh all right so adley what won this award in 2018 as a collegiate player. So remember this for later when I get to my other guy. I talk about Adley Rutschman all the time. So you know that he was second in Rookie of the Year voting. You know he broke, he broke a bunch of franchise and league records um, for rookies and catchers playing in far fewer games than you would expect it would take. 
So I'll skip that because you've heard all that before. Um, we talked recently about how the O's traded for catcher James McCann, and we were kind of mm-hmm. surprised because, you know, Adley. Yeah. And I read up on this a little bit, and they said it allows a little bit more flexibility because they want Adley's bat in as much as possible. But, mm-hmm. you know, even Yadier Molina has to take a break sometimes, right. even though he doesn't want to. So they want Adley to switch off to play first or DH, DH. in particular matchups, and James McCann can do the same. Yeah. He can he can do those things as well as backup catcher. So that that's kind of like the, the the piece behind it. I'm also thinking it's the it's still the mentor thing. I mean, Adley has had some games behind him, but he's still a youngin, and to have like an elder statesman there, you know, like Chirinos was last year, right. that was his role, right? Yeah. So um, MLB just put out their list of their top 10 catchers for the coming year. Adley was number three, but um, one of the people that was involved in that wrote a separate piece saying, you know, he actually should be number one, and here's why. And for his bat, they um, they said he's got a 133 WRC+, plus, which is weighted runs, and then it's adjusted for things like ballpark and, oh, okay. and all of that, right? So Which means he's 33% better than the average player, but among catchers, he's first. So the best catcher oh. bat, based on this particular mm. metric, he has got very sexy defense, right? So he he saved 18 defensive runs last season, um, second only to um, Jose Trevino, but he had the fewest innings played um, for the yeah. top five. So he by was that far, good I would think. by yeah by far fewer innings. Um, his first his first his rookie season last year, he had a 5.0 WAR, which is better than Buster, better than Yachty. The projections, because everybody likes to make the projections mm-hmm. for the coming year, is a 5.6 projected mm-hmm. wins above replacement, which is tied for fifth. Who's he behind? Juan Soto, Aaron Judge, Julio Rodriguez, and Mookie Betts. Holy shit. None of them are catchers. So the next closest yeah. catcher is JT Realmuto at 4.6, an entire you know game behind That's in wins above lot. replacement. So as Patty uh, Math and I re- re- <laughs> referenced earlier, we alluded to this, the o- Orioles we're on the road this weekend to like meet the people, yeah. but this this people was I'm um, celebrating a birthday in Albany, so was not there. But one of the things that the, all the young guys did was they went to our favorite brewery outside the ballpark, which we have referenced many times, mm-hmm. Checker Spot, and they guest bartended for a couple hours so cool. on Saturday. So that was pretty exciting. And then <laughs> my favorite thing about that are like the. The things that were posted for, you know, from it, like DL Hall, like passing out beers to everybody, and then Adley chugging a beer, with, you know, with one of the yeah. fans, and I was like, okay, we appreciate you being out there with the people. Um, and we know it was a couple days before his birthday, so why, right. why wouldn't he? Um, and then he was interviewed. I don't know if it was before or after the chugging, but <laughs> at Checker Spot at our favorite brewery adjacent to a ballpark, where he says, "My goal is always to be the best version of myself, the best baseball player." best human and because of that there's always going to be room to improve that's the thing about baseball and life you're always going to have things to improve on which is why i'm keeping adley rutschman wow all right i am not shocked but it's cool to hear that extra stuff about him and man i was like looking at those bartending picks saying oh all right i'm gonna give this beer to you so you can refill when you're done while i'm talking for the brewers i'm picking garrett mitchell um center fielder which I definitely, I also needed some outfield too. So I, I feel like I'm at least thinking about my fantasy team. So hopefully it's all going to come together. 24 years old. Garrett has been managing type 1 diabetes since age 9. And he looks at it as an advantage, not a challenge. And for an athlete, like, so diabetes is, is or type 1 diabetes is incurable. It's something you have to learn to live with. And it's something where you have to, to monitor your blood carefully so as to not um, 
have bad things happen. But he says that this helps him to understand how his body works and what it means because he's always monitoring himself and how he's feeling and being very in tune with himself. And there's technological advantages in monitoring so you can like swipe your phone and get your blood sugar reading kind of thing. And also baseball as a sport, he takes advantage of the fact that there are breaks. So between each inning, you can do a little bit more checking and make sure that pop in, you know, some gummy bears if you need a quick rush or something like that. Um, he did wear an insulin pump through his youth. I don't know if technology is advanced enough that he doesn't have that anymore. But when he was in college, he added on another piece of technology, which was a blood sugar monitor that actually beeped, made noises that he said was really annoying. But he, and I appreciate him for this so much as a mom, he said he did it for his mom because it's going to keep her from having a panic attack. And I would totally be that mom. You know, your kid's out there playing baseball hard. You want to make sure that he's all right. And he he is active in the, the Ju Juvenile Diabetes Foundation um, for support. I didn't see anything specific about it, except for one interview where he said he wants to share his story with other kids who are diabetic, and they think the world's against him. So sort of see, like, what's possible. And it happened to him when he was playing in college. He connected with Sam Fold, Fold, I, and I should have looked up pronunciation. He's the current Phillies GM. I should be able to, to hear and understand how his name is said. And who also played eight years in MLB. And, and um, Garrett talks about how he knew him first as a player and then later found out, oh, wait, he has the same thing I have. And so if he can do it, then I can do it. And Fold actually did contact him directly when he put it out there that, you know, he would like to, to be contacted and gave him some, you know, helpful hints for how to deal with it. His dad also sounds like a great guy. Played baseball sort of casually, you know, in high school and in a, in a men's senior league. But playing catch with dad through his youth was the thing. And it was the thing when dad really wanted to talk to him about dealing with his diabetes, but said like, let's go out and have a catch. Or when he wanted to, you know, talk about having a shitty day at school or feeling bullied, go out and have a catch with dad. So that was just what he did all the way growing up. He could have been drafted out of high school. The A's um, picked him in the 14th round, but he decided to go to UCLA for a while. And then he made it to the first round pick in 2020 oh. by the Brewers. So you know what happens with the guys who are picked in 2020? They don't actually have to play for another year because of pandemic stuff. Um, so he played, started in 21, but he zoomed through the minors. So in, in 21, he was in high A and double A. 22, he went rookie, double A, triple A, and got called up for a little bit in August. He missed the phone call. The call-up phone the, call? Yep, because he is now the story is, and I couldn't find any further details on this, he was eating a chocolate chip cookie. So I don't understand. I guess your mouth is full. You don't want to answer the phone when you have a full mouth. Sure. Like how they're eating the cookie. I guess it depends what the caller ID is. Yeah, <laughs> right. You would think you would look at that. But his, his girlfriend actually retweeted that saying, this is the moment I fell in love with you or, or something like that. And she is really um, sort of the reason, one of the main reasons why I wanted to pick Garrett. Uh, just back to him for a second after that call up he got his hit on his second game up which was a two uh, rbi go ahead rbi his third game was his first home run 
28 games last season is all he played, but he averaged 311 with 832 OPS. So back to the girlfriend, actually now wife. They got married last year. No, that's two years ago. I'm doing bad with the time again. Wife, his wife, Haley Cruz Mitchell. They got married in 2021. She is so cool. So she is a professional softball player. Hot, like just hot shit softball player. She played for uh, University of Oregon. In her four years in University of Oregon, she led the team in hitting all four years. That's the only time that's ever happened there. Wow. She's the only one in Oregon, University of Oregon history, who has done that. The second closest was just two seasons. Um, so to play professional softball, like that's not a huge market. Like I think that's got to be a tough thing to get into. But she's plays for the U.S. SSA, that's a bunch of S's. So many S's. Pride, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is in the Women's Professional Fast Pitch League. But she's known especially for her social media stuff. And I don't understand this word influencer. I'm old and, and I guess you're influencing people if you're on social media. But it sounds like, I don't know, it just has this negative com- connotation to me. But her stuff is really fun. So she had, it started with a TikTok dance thing that she did with one of her teammates. But it's a lot of her just being sort of goofy in uniform. Like most of it is her in her softball places and doing some cute dance and just having like good humor, good energy. And her TikTok is is also amusing. So um, one one post that I saw for her just a couple of days ago on National Girls and Women in Sports Day was when she was commemorating the day and she said, we as women deserve a seat at the table. It's amazing how far we've come and we are nowhere near done. So cheers to my new baseball girlfriend, softball girlfriend, uh, Haley Cruz Mitchell. Excellent. I like when you get a twofer. Mm-hmm. I absolutely do. Um, we switched drinks. We're drinking um, an old oh. bust head, Water Dog India Pale Ale. Do you have anything you want to talk about with old bust head? I think you were there today, weren't you? <laughs> yes, I was there today. This is a very small brewery in Fauquier County, Virginia. And yes, it's Fauquier County, F-A-U-L-K-I-E-R, I think. Um, but they have T-shirts and uh, mugs available that say, eat here, drink here, fuck here. Perfect. <laughs> and this, this yep. IPA is actually quite tasty, so it is I'm happy to be sharing it with you. Thank you. Hey, so my uh, my Milwaukee Brewers boyfriend is a fun story that you're going to like because it's kind of oh, a, a turnabout yay. story. It's a reverse story. I'm picking um, Bryce Terang. He's a shortstop. He's 23. Has not yet had his call up, but it looks good for mm-hmm. any second yeah, now. He's from Corona, California. His high school coach said he could have made varsity in the eighth grade. He was the national freshman of the year for baseball. He only struck he only struck out once his entire junior season out of 101 at bats. What? And his senior year, he How hit, is that possible? He hit 352. And um, in 2014, while he was playing 15U for USA Baseball, guess what he won? The Richard W. Dick Case Award as Player of the Year in the 15 and under. I remember okay. that from way back when, when you said that about Adley Richmond. Who won it in 2018 it as out. collegiate player. So they, it does, so they did, they pick one player wow. out of all of their levels. They don't pick one from each level, one from all of their levels. Wow. So that's pretty cool. That's okay. wild. Here's where things get super fun. He's the only boy out of five kids. His dad was briefly an outfielder for Seattle. He was in the minors for a long time, just played um, for the Mariners very briefly. His mom um, played softball for Long Beach State and took them to the College World Series twice. Oh, wow. His sister, Brianna, went to the Women's College World Series three times for Oklahoma. That's crazy. And then also cross-trained by marrying the punter for the Washington football team. His sister, Carissa, played softball and soccer at Oklahoma State and then went to Cal State Fullerton to play softball. 
His sister Cabria played soccer for four years at Utah, and his sister Bailey played volleyball at Southern Nazarene University, and then came the boy. I'm, I'm picturing a family picnic at like one of those parks, and these kids just like all over the place running and playing stuff. Well, and, and killing each other dead, because his dad says, it's crazy, this family, and shoot, I'm very competitive, but this family is ridiculously uh. competitive. <laughs> they hate losing more than they Oof. like winning. It's unbelievable. And it definitely gave Bryce the edge because all of his sisters were better than him. That's And awesome. he just wanted to keep up with him. And so an example, which is absolutely the reverse of many stories we've told about yeah. when playing baseball, is his dad coached travel softball for you know one of the sisters. Uh. And so eight-year-old Bryce got t- tagged along and basically got to practice with the 14-year-old girl softball team. That's so So funny. he was really pushed because they were wow. a very competitive team, right? So it's not just so cool. the sisters and the parents. He said he, everybody in his family is, is an influence on him. He said, it's my cousins, my brothers-in-law, my grandparents. Every one of them is something I wish I had in my personality. Aww. We all just feed off each other. I have a cousin in the Army. I have a cousin with Down syndrome who changes my life every day. We all bond together. I love them all to death, every single one of them. Oh, wow. So other cool things. Yeah, so um, he had the name Austin Gorell on inside his batting helmet, which was um, in honor of a player from Riverside North and the University of Nevada who died from heart failure in 2015. So, you know, he was like honoring him, but he didn't just do that. They had a a benefit. They had a fundraiser, raising awareness, raising funds. And he hung out and asked a million questions about, you know, the disease and and living with the disease and solving problems. And what do I need to know about this? And the coach said, he does this all the time. Like the coach is the one who has an autistic nephew and he'd bring his nephew to the dugout and, um. and Bryce would hang out with him. And he said, Bryce immediately makes him feel welcome and part of the group. And once Bryce is involved, everyone gravitates. So he kind of wow. led the, um, you know, here's, here's how we should be. Yeah. And everybody followed. And so this kid who was there just to watch got welcomed onto the team. And apparently that happens a lot with him. So he was an LSU commit. His comp, you know, they always give you the comp, was Dansby Swanson coming out of high school, right? Hmm. And Milwaukee, however, picked him the first round in 2018 out of high school um, for a $3.4 million signing bonus. So he did not, in fact, go to LSU. All right. Sorry, Brian. But he could have. He's always been the younger guy, not just hanging out with his sister's teams, but in the minors, too. So when he was at AAA Nashville, Last year, when he was 21, he, he was five and a half years younger than the league's average position player. That's crazy. Five and a half years younger than That's a lot. the average triple A player. So, um, when he started last season, where he played all year in triple A in 2022, it, he had a kind of a slump the first couple of games. Then, all of a sudden, in late April, he had a five for five game. And then, <laughs> which three singles, two doubles raised his batting average 71 points. Because it's early, right? There's, yeah. there's not that many at bats. Wow. So that's pretty funny. So he kind of took off from there. So at the end of his full season at AAA, he had 13 home runs and a career-high 34 stolen bases out of 36 tries. He was only caught twice. Only caught wow. twice. So it's very likely that he'll debut very early in the season. Um, he mm-hmm. may be at opening day. He's on the 40-man roster because they put him there to protect him from the Rule 5 draft. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you remember, Colton Wong was traded away and so that opens up second base and he's naturally a shortstop but they've got this guy named Willie Adamas who you may have heard of my former boyfriend so Bryce may end up at second um his words to live by are but I take life day by day I was given a talent 
and the ability to play, I live a happy life. That's all I can do. Nice. So I'm pretty psyched about him. Yeah, and Fangraphs had him in the starting lineup. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about that. Next week we're talking Tampa Bay and the Philadelphia Phillies. That'll be fun. Will it? It will. <laughs> will it? It will. I hope so. I hope so. All right, we talked about some good news a couple weeks ago. We had a bunch of news about women in baseball, including Ronnie Gajownik. Uh, who we mentioned was uh, named the high manager of the D-backs high A team. And so that made her the first woman to co- to manage at that level because Rachel Balkovich is um, at, at rookie. So that's just amazing, you know, in general that we have two women managing in the minors. What we failed to mention was that she celebrated this news with her wife, Andrea Jones Gajownik. Uh, they've been together since... 2016 and public in 18 very public her instagram has lots of stuff including um beautiful pictures of their beach wedding in florida from 2020 uh andrea studied science and accounting and has been in the food service industry and coincidentally or i think they kind of made this you know happen because she had been working as an assistant manager in some major restaurant chain but now she's the assistant food manager at Hillsborough Hops, which is where Ronnie is coaching. So they get to like be together all the time. I hope they have a really solid relationship. Right, They're so going to be busy there, though. They're going to be both busy. Yeah. So the bottom line mm-hmm. is when we talked about Ronnie last week, we only gave one of the firsts, which right. was the first woman. But as it turns out, she's also the first out manager. At high A or any level, right? Yeah. I think it's at any. At anything, yeah. Yeah, so, um, at anything. And, and you know, I mean, I don't think they're – I'm trying to remember where we're talking about the out players. I don't think any of them act, are actually active in the minors now because we talked about Solomon Bates and he's – hopefully he'll be getting a contract, but he's not active anymore. I think, yeah, she might be it. So power to her. And uh, keep your eye on the D-backs. Yeah, so um, on the other side of things, the bad news side of things, uh, the guy that I picked for my boyfriend for the Mets this past season, already off the list, never going to be a boyfriend, um, probably. Um, Khalil Lee, um, was, had, there was arrest, an arrest warrant issued for him August 10th um, in Syracuse where he was playing for the AAA Mets for obstruction of breath, which is choking, um, during an argument that he had with his girlfriend in May, which is considered... A misdemeanor. So, so this is obstruction of somebody else's breath. That's yes. like what how they call it. That's that, really that's what they gross. that's what they say for choking. So his girlfriend filed a lawsuit this past Wednesday on allegations of abuse, which resulted in physical and emotional distress during the time he played for the Syracuse Mets. The Mets uh. immediately notified Major League Baseball, who immediately opened an investigation. So of course nobody can talk about things because mm-hmm. an investigation is open, but um, that doesn't look good for my former boyfriend, my ex-boyfriend now, exactly. Khalil Lee. Um, quick note about Trevor Bauer. The um, Dodgers executives finally spoke publicly this week about their decision to release Bauer. They said the reason the Dodgers took to the last minute to make that call was because they didn't just, like that small group didn't just decide, they talked to players and staff as well as fans, which I find really interesting to kind of gauge what they want to do. I mean, I kind of want them to say no way in hell immediately. I'm fascinated that they included fans in that. Like, are you really... Really? Do you really want their like? Does well, that get sway anything? I, I don't know. I almost think that makes it grosser because it's like, couldn't can we get away with this? Like, if the fans are okay with it, might as well do it, which is immoral. 
But they also, the, the CEO of the Dodgers, Stan Kasten, said the decision to release Bauer was unanimous among those who are, were empowered to make the All decision, right. and it was made shortly after they met him in person. They met him and they said, hell no. Yeah. So that was, I guess, later in the process. So I was kind of interested that the process was as big as it was. I was also very happy to see that they just had to meet him once and say, oh, God, no, you're out of here, bud. Yeah, although, I mean, I mean, I guess this is just, you know, is how hard high does your bar go? Like, when they took him in the first place, he wasn't a great dude. He had already harassed that, like, 12-year-old girl on Twitter and yeah. done other assorted shitty stuff. Not, like, you know... That what he ended up, uh, you know, being doing with the the abuse, the sexual abuse for this woman. Um, These women, three. Yeah, yeah. So I. Yep. I don't yep. know. So I thought that was interesting that that is what they made public. I think their point was it was unanimous and it was quick, but also there's that weird thing about we 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 asked more people than you right. expected us to. That's just kind of sleazy. All right, I'm going to go get away this from the sleaze, get us into some sunshine. And I spent a lot of time yesterday and a little bit of time today watching the Serie del Caribe. And I should be talking faster because I want to get back to watching it because right now is the Dominican-Venezuelan game. It's super fun. What was crazy is after the first two days, so after everybody had played two games, it was tied. Everybody had won one. Damn. All eight teams had won a game and lost a game. Wow. A little bit crazy. I'm enjoying immensely El Duque Hernandez. I can't believe I'm saying that because he was, you know, one of the great pitcher in that those uh, three years that the Yankees went back to back to back on the World Series. But still, he's he's fun to listen to, despite his Yankees roots. And Carolina Guillen, who is doing play by play, she is fabulous. I found out that she was the first woman to do Spanish play by play for MLB way back in 2020 was the first woman doing Spanish language. Mm -hmm. I mean, the uh, MLB doesn't have that much before that. It was just Mendoza was 2007, actually. I just saw that today. And then there have been several since then. I wouldn't say many, but several. But Carolina Guillen, fantastic Spanish play-by-play. She was also the first woman to do the Caribbean series way back in 2021, but she's still doing it and knocking it out of the park. Uh, So... After everybody was tied at one win and one lost, which team breaks that and is the first to win two games? Not on my bingo card. It was Curacao. Huh. Team Curacao is the first. Now, granted, their game was the first in the morning on that day, but still, I mean, it had to be. Somebody was going to do that. But still, that they beat Panama. So they have a, an impressive team. They have two scopes. They have Jonathan and and I said something to like like baby brother scope to, to Mr. Potty Mouth. He's like he has a name. He has yes, a name. it's it's Charlin. So Jonathan and Charlin scope, not Jerickson Profar, but his little brother Jeremy Profar is on it, and Andrelton Simmons. Today they were playing against Columbia, and they were the first game, but it was still going on when we got back home. Bottom of the thirteenth inning, they oh. tied it up with Columbia. Oh, it was heartbreaking. Bottom of the 13th, Columbia scores two in the top of the 13th, so they have to score to, to keep the game going. They have two guys on, and they're down by two, and I really wanted this guy to be a hero because his name is Sicknarf Loopstock. Their catcher, Sicknarf Loopstock from Aruba, 
who spent some time in the minors, including actually like a Terry in, in Pratchett your, character. In your Akron Ducks. He played for the Ducks. And I, I looked at I like looked up his record in the Akron Ducks and the, and the pronunciation guide helped me. It's Sicknarf Loopstock. He struck out. Mr. Pottymouth said, just don't strike out looking. Just He didn't. He struck out swinging, but he struck out. So, sigh. So, Cur- Curacao has lost today, but I, and I'm not quite sure. There's been a whole bunch of games since then. Yesterday, also, this was Saturday, the home team is the Leones de Caracas, Venezuela. They're playing in Venezuela. They set the record, Serie de Caribe all-time record for most hits in a game with 24 and most runs in a game with 20 Whoa. against Cuba, who has been out of the City A for several years, and their welcome back is not going so well. They did score first in that game. They scored in the top of the first, and then the Leones came back with like six in the bottom of the first. So they won 22-3. One thing that the the commentators talked about that is making me think, I wish they did it differently, that they, they were very good about mentioning the team name. So it was like the Leones de Caracas. It wasn't the Venezuela. Mm-hmm. But their jerseys say Venezuela. And that gets into like a little bit of murkiness between the Serie de Caribe and the World Baseball Classic. Ah. Because the teams going to the World Baseball Classic are national teams, right? So you had their certain qualifications. You have to be the citizen or the kid of somebody who could have been a citizen or something like that. Go back several episodes for the full qualifications. But for the Serie del Caribe, it is the championship team from each country that's coming to play together. So apparently they used to have that on their shirt. So their shirt didn't used to say Venezuela. They should have had their Leones uniform, even though they're bringing in reinfuerzos, like these reinforcements from other teams. But they're there because that team yep. was the champion. Exactly. Yeah. So uh-huh. I am in favor of that. You know, apparently Cuba, it's been so long since they've been in the Serie they didn't get the memo. They're still wearing, they were the only team that was wearing their actually team jersey, not their country jersey. Um, on, on a bigger note, they're the only team with no uh, ads on their jerseys. And I know oh. this is something that we're going to be talking about a little bit more in a little bit. But it's co- interesting to compare how many ads are on different countries. And Cuba has zero. There are some with just a few, and there are some that are just plastered all over. They look all kind of like NASCAR cars. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm thinking that ass ads, hashtag ass ads, is the next step because sure. there's nothing on the ass. But, yeah, okay. you know, all right. if you put something there, it might generate some interest. So just saying, just saying. Uh, just to wrap this up, the semifinals are going to be Thursday night. The final game is this Friday night. And the cutest thing, I haven't done a Spanish word of the week, but I just love it. When they talk about the almohadillas, which are the bases. So they say, like, you know, stranded on the almohadillas. But it means little pillows. Oh. So they're they're running around on the little pillows. Oh, that's very sweet. Yeah. That's very sweet. Hey, we've got kind of a business beat thing to wrap us up today. Um, MLB has never had ads on their uniforms, but the CBA that they agreed to last year allows for that. They allow for ads on jerseys and batting helmets. And all of a sudden, this is starting to happen quickly. I think this is going to steamroll yep. a little bit. So this is the first season where they can sell the ad space. So the Angels have a patch on their jersey for foundation building materials. Um, the Diamondbacks have an, a patch for Avnet, which is a Phoenix-based electronics component distributor. The Padres have Motorola. The Red Sox have Mass Mutual. Of course they do. And then there's rumors, <laughs> but no confirmation yet, that the Reds will have Kroger's, which is a local grocery store change, chain, and then the Astros, Oxy Energy. And the fact that there's already a couple that are unconfirmed firm makes me think 
everybody's going to end up with them pretty soon. I, you know, I'm thinking the, the Red Sox really should have done Dunkin' Donuts. They uh, really, that, that would have been the right, right thing to well, do. Well, you know, they, you take who, maybe that's going to be on there. The, the helmets. helmets. Yeah. Right? Helmets by Dunkin' right. Donuts. Okay, a couple of notes about ballparks, which I am actually finding kind of fascinating. So Oriole Park at Camden Yards, um, we talked a few weeks ago about the um, about the owner, John Angelo, saying, oh yeah, don't worry, we'll take care of that whole five-year option to right. like extend the lease. It turns out the O's declined the option for the five-year extension on Oriole Park at Camden Yards, and they announced in conjunction with new Maryland, Go- Maryland Governor Wes Moore a joint commitment to a, quote, multi-decade public-private partnership to revitalize the Camden Yards sports complex. Hmm. So it turns out that even without the extension, the team and the Maryland Stadium Authority can keep negotiating. Okay. So it doesn't kill it. It just doesn't say, it just says we're not done with it yet. It's such a great ballpark. It's such a great ballpark. And I don't think they're going to lose the ballpark. But um, so Angelos, the owner, says with the governor, they're going to, quote, again, fully realize the potential of Camden Yards to serve as a catalyst for Baltimore's second renaissance. All right. Which I thought was pretty interesting. And then um, Tampa Bay, I learned some things. I didn't know that when Tropicana Field, the trap, was built and a highway was put in there, that it basically ran roughshod over a majority black neighborhood. Oh, I didn't know I that. was not aware of this. I am now because Mayor Ken Welch of St. Petersburg, which is that city's first black mayor, selected the partnership between the Rays and a development group. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, that the, the team itself was putting in a proposal to do this new development yeah. to create a new ballpark and affordable housing, office space, an African-American wow. Museum of Florida and retail near Tropicana Field, which will be torn down. And they hope that this new domed stadium will be ready for opening day 2028. The current lease on the Trop expires in 2027. Hmm. But, okay, so they had, you know, the Trop destroyed this majority black neighborhood. So Mayor Welch emphasized that a key goal is to restore a majority black neighborhood known as the gas plant district hmm. that was ousted by the stadium and the highway. And he said, I'm a child of the gas plant. It huh. will no longer be a dream denied. Oh, wow. So I think this is fascinating. Wow. Well, it would be great if two teams could commit to their full city population. Like, we are of this city, not like running from the city but making their space in the city something that benefits the people who live there. Yeah, and that's what it sounds like. Reading on the surface here, it sounds like both of these cities are talking about that. So um, fingers crossed that this, this, this really happens. Both of those cities need it. All right, where are we at now? Where are we at? Hmm. So um, I have an invitation for you, a cross-training oh, invitation. Okay. Are you aware of the movie 80 for Brady? Am I aware of the movie? <laughs> You're so sweet. Um, yes. Oh, my God. I'm so, dying to see it. I'm so dying to see it. I was at, you know, this 80th so birthday many party things I love for my mother-in-law. This. And her sister was there. And she's like, and he, she lives here. She's like, I want to go. Will you go with me? And Junior Potty Mouth said, if you go, you have to take Potty Mouth. Oh, thank you, Junior Potty Mouth. So um, we we need a date to go yes. see 80 for Brady. Uh, yes. Tomorrow? Wait, no, I work tomorrow. I, I don't work some... tomorrow. I take tomorrow off. Shit, I have to work tomorrow. Yeah, I know. Soon. And I work at night. And soon. As, as soon as possible. Soon. I am dying we gotta to go. see that. We got to go. Um, so also, many things I love about on that. On my drive home today, my six-hour drive home from Albany to here, um, I listened to an interview with Grayson Rodriguez, um, a, a prospect oh, for the O's. He's yes. a pitcher. He's the pitcher that we saw throw a fastball so hard it actually broke Adley Rutschman's glove when they were playing for the Bay Sox. And um, this was on, um, if you guys have followed um, Cespedes Family Barbecue in the past, they now have a baseball barbecue podcast. And their interviews uh-huh. have been really fun. You need to listen to this. I'm going to link to it. There's all kinds of 
fun, hilarious. They interview Grayson Rodriguez. Yes, and, oh, wow. and, and wacky things. And um, he's like my I new best friend. And I think I, I need to adopt like five members of the Orioles. Yeah. And so I'm sorry, Junior Potty Mouth, you will not be my only son for much longer <laughs> because there's going to be like you can have like four brothers yeah, anytime soon. I think he'll be okay with that. Which makes me say I'm attempting to buy home opener tickets for the O's. They go on sale on Wednesday. But what? There is a pre-sale tomorrow, and I have the code. Okay. Code. I didn't know that yeah. was a song, but let's yeah, do that. Yeah, let's go. Let's go to the home opener. It's my rent friends will understand that song. All right, um, so I'm going to talk about joining us on Patreon because we are $3.03 a month from breaking even. We are so we close. We are so close. I am so impressed that we got this far. If we stopped buying beer, we could actually afford to do this podcast. So this is not that's including not happening. beer. This is not including beer. So if you want to support our beer, then we need to get beyond that. I mean, we... Meet us in Miami yeah. and then we'll go out. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash no crying b-ball and help us break even. It would just be fun. I mean, three. we can handle $3 a month, but wouldn't it be fun if we were actually not spending money it on would our be podcast super at all. super yeah. great oh my gosh hey so um yeah find us on social media to ask further questions about what we're going to do with all of those millions of one dollar yep. a month donations <laughs> um if you have corrections send to us if you have oh ideas for next year's next year's next week's boyfriends oh yeah which oh my gosh are going to be um tampa bay and philadelphia um and if you have already seen 80 for Brady, and you want to tell us, like, no spoilers, but what to watch out for. So find us on social media. All right. Find us on Twitter. We're still there hanging on. And CIB Podcast, Facebook, and Instagram are no crying in b-ball. Oh, my gosh. If you want to see us in Miami, please make sure you get your booster shots. Oh, my gosh. Fight the man. is the right thing to do. Send your game balls to Meredith. And until next week, say goodnight, potty mouth. Good night, potty mouth. All right, here we go. All right, we'll blast into this. I'm definitely mm. under under beard. You and me both. I'm over over mm. over driven and under beard. Under overdriven and under beard. That. Guy. <laughs>